Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, and welcome to another episode of the Sound Heart Radio. I thank God for this opportunity to be with you, to meet with you around his word. And uh, this morning, uh, our message is entitled, Accept the Lord Build the House. Accept the Lord Build the House. I'm going to be reading from Psalm 127. Verse 1, Psalm 127, verse 1. Quote, unless the Lord builds the house, its builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman and guard in vain. Verse 2, in vain you rise up early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat, for he grants sleep those he loves, unquote. And I want to also read to you from the book of Hebrews. Uh, Hebrews uh, chapter 3, uh, beginning at verse 1, quote, Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our confession, Jesus Christ, who was faithful to him that appointed him, as also Moses was faithful in all his house. For this man was counted worthy of more glory than Moses, inasmuch as he who hath built the house hath more honor than the house. For every house is built by someone or some man, but he that built all things is God. And Moses verily was faithful in all his house as a servant for a testimony of those things which were to be spoken after. But Christ as a son over his own house, whose house we are, confidence and rejoicing of the hope firm unto the end, unquote. Let's have a word of prayer, and we'll begin our study for this morning. We do thank you, Heavenly Father, for this opportunity to study your word. We ask to be that our hearts would be enlightened by the Spirit of God, who is the author of the Scriptures. And we pray, Father, that there are no unconfessed sins in our hearts so that we can hear aright and hear with accuracy in your word. We thank you for this time and opportunity. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, Uh, I wanted to speak with you about this topic this morning uh, because uh, of the uncertainty that uh, the dark leaders of this world uh, want to unleash upon uh, common humanity. 
And <clears throat> we see that uh, these people have wanted to, through fiat legislation, not through laws, but through fiat legislation, uh, they want to have certain uh, populations uh, vaccinated. And we know that much of the information that we have received is contaminated uh, with lies and deception. Uh, the, the numbers that come out from the CDC, the numbers that come out uh, from the government uh, are fudged or the reality of the, what these vaccines actually do, uh, the harm they do and have done to people uh, is hidden. And so along with that, uh, these people want uh, to further corrupt the public schools, even some uh, charter schools, uh, with their doctrine of critical race theory. They also want to hurt the economy uh, through inflation, which is a tax. And so, uh, you know, they wanted to make it even more difficult for families uh, to take uh, to take care of themselves. Many many small businesses, many restaurants uh, throughout the country have gone uh, out of business. So they want you to run harder and faster for less. They want you to work longer and harder for for less. And while the the, the dollar the Federal Reserve note is on fire. And so we know that it is currently worth, worth only three cents. Uh, and so it's, it's hard for families. And so <clears throat> for the believing community, uh, we must focus on the Lord. Uh, and I want you to remember in your heart all that God is to us. And so remember, the Word of God says throughout uh, the Scriptures, both in the Old and the New Testament, uh, do not fear. Do not fear. <clears throat> and Jesus said, my peace uh, I give unto you, not as the world giveth or the cosmos giveth, giveth I unto you, my peace, my own peace. Um, uh, God's own undisturbed uh, peace uh, of heart is is a prosperity that God's that God provides for His own, and so the reason why I wanted to focus on Psalm 127 verse one uh, is because uh, man, uh, that is those who who loved who love the darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. Uh, these these individuals, uh, of course, of course, do not love God, and in their corruption and with the, the power they have through the various technologies they have created, uh, they can do maximum harm to humanity at, at any time. Uh, they can wipe out mass uh, 
they can do mass extinct or hold mass extinction events uh, anytime they want to. I want you as a believing community to remember that the Holy Spirit is the restraining power. Uh, now, he who letteth will let until he is taken out of the way. And so that is the restraining ministry of the Holy Spirit that is currently uh, at work in the world, that is. And what does that mean? Well, it means that the Holy Spirit is restraining or holding back the full manifestation of evil, the full manifestation of evil that these individuals want to bring upon humanity. They have, they have created uh, underground cities uh, in which to hide. Uh, they have high-speed rail underground. Uh, they have uh, honeycombed and crisscrossed uh, on the oceans and lakes uh, throughout the world. Uh, and so they have built their cities deep enough, enough within the earth so that uh, the radiation will not extend to them or harm them. They have energy technology that, uh, that technology that they have hidden from us are crusted dwellers. They dwell upon the face of the earth. And so, uh, hence, when you read the book of Revelation, and uh, these individuals uh, will come, uh, come under the judgment of God, uh, they want to uh, seek to hide themselves from divine judgment. Now, uh, so I want to put your mind in remembrance uh, this morning of who we are and whose we are. So before, uh, so I'm going to read also from John 19, uh, because Jesus is our center. Jesus is our focus. Jesus is our foundation. We are God's house through what Jesus has done for us. So this is John 19, verse 1, quote, Then Pilate therefore took Jesus and scourged him. Now remember, uh, there is no crime, no criminal charges or referral brought against Jesus. There are no charges. And this, verse 2, And the soldiers planted a crown of thorns and put it on, uh, put it on his head. And they put on him a purple robe. So, uh, so this is a scorching mockery. And here is a coronation event of the king. This is a mockery. And sit, verse 3, and said, Hail, king of the Jews. And they smote him with their hands. And so uh, the word said here is in the imperfect uh, tense, and so this, which means repeated action, they they kept on uh, coming and saying, uh, "Hail, Jesus, King of the Jews." Please read First Peter two twenty one and uh, Matthew twenty seven nineteen. Pilate therefore went forth again and saith unto them, "Behold, I bring him forth to you, that you may uh, that you may know that I find no fault in him." Then came Jesus forth, wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. Behold the man. 
When the chief priests, therefore, and officers saw him, they cried out, saying, Crucify, crucify. Pilate saith unto them, Take you him and crucify, for I find no fault in him. The Jews answered him, We have a law, and by our law he ought to die, because he made himself the Son of God. Now, if you will remember <clears throat> the, the, uh, the public ministry of Jesus, remember all the miracles. Uh, remember all the, the events that demonstrated to the Jewish community, to the Sanhedrin Council, and to the people at large, uh, that Jesus is the kingdom come. He is the kingdom of God come <clears throat> into the, uh, the realm of sinful man. He came unto his own, and his own people received him not. He did this. And so what I want you <clears throat> to focus upon during these hard times, these difficult times, is the person of the Lord Jesus. That uh, And remember that we can depend upon his character. We can lean on him. We can hang all of our cares on him because he cares for us. We can cast our cares upon the person of the Lord. Now, so Pilate found no fault in him. The Jews now say we have a law. He made himself the son of God. And so in verse 8, when Pilate therefore heard, therefore heard that thing, he was the more afraid. Literally, Pilatus uh, in the Greek was terrified they had done to Jesus. Discouraging, the buffeting, that is, that the soldiers had beaten with their, uh, with their fists. And the scourging itself uh, cast most uh, recipients into shock. But then there is this, uh, this ad- additional mockery uh, in order to further break and degrade uh, the individual. Isaiah wrote that his beard was plucked out. Isaiah wrote that his face was marred beyond human recognition. Isaiah wrote that the Messiah would not hide his face from scourging and spitting. Isaiah wrote these things. Isaiah saw these things uh, in or through prophetic vision. And now they're here in the first century, 33 AD. Jesus is suffering exactly what Isaiah saw. And so uh, Pilate is terrified of him, verse 9, and went again into the judgment hall and saith unto Jesus, where do you come from? But Jesus gave him no answer. And so we have divine and regal self-assuredness. Is this contempt of court? You see who Jesus is. 
Do you see the sinful injustice and the criminal behavior of those uh, of his own? There are no char- charges. But here is this contrived uh, law that states he made himself the son of God. And so they want to get Jesus on a charge of blasphemy, wherein they are really the ones who have blasphemed the character of God. This is what uh, Paul writes about when he writes about uh, disobedience or the children of disobedience. That is, the individuals who are disobedient to God through unbelief. Now, in the Western uh, alphabetic mind, that is hard for us to conceive. It's hard for us to understand. What do you mean uh, disobedience through unbelief? It is because uh, unbelief is a, a slander the character of God. Because God cannot, God as to his nature, God as to his essence, cannot lie. God is not a liar. God is not a man. God is not a, a man of flesh that he should lie. The, uh, so Jeremiah writes, Cursed is the man who trusts in an arm of flesh. Now, our house, we are God's house. Christ is the rock. He is the foundation upon which we have received eternal life. Every other house will blow away. Now, you remember in the book of Daniel, uh, Daniel talks about the kingdoms of the world, whom the rock that was cut out of the out of the mountain without hand will smash and crush, and they will disintegrate and blow to the wind. They will be scattered to the wind. Those houses were built by man, by sinful man, by demonic powers. Those things are not everlasting. They are not eternal. They are temporal. They look impressive, filled with gold and silver and precious stones. But alas, they are temporal and they only exist through divine will. It was allowed. It was allowed for a certain period of time. God allows uh, certain events to roll out and to happen over a certain period of time, and then God makes an end. You see, the uh, no one can stand against the will of God. So, Pilate, verse 10, then Pilate says unto him, Speakest thou not unto me? Knowest thou not that I have the power to crucify thee? Now Pilate wants to intimidate Jesus and have power to release thee. So here is man. Here is his house. Here is his belief. Don't you know that I have power? Isn't that the way it is? I have power 
to make fiat, fiat, what, criminal uh, mandates that you do this. I can declare emergency power so that uh, I am protected from litigation, from lawsuits, because now uh, your civil rights, the Constitution, are suspended in the name of what? A medical emergency. There's nowhere, if you would read the Constitution, if you would read the Bill of Rights, there's nowhere where it reads that the Constitution is suspended through a medical or a, a, a pandemic. I have the power. I have the power. Who gave Pilate this power? Well, uh, this is this is the power of the devil. Now, remember, uh, after the temptation event, we read that the devil left him for a season, and we see throughout the public ministry of Jesus, we see the devil rear his head. And here again, the devil is here. Don't you know that I have, uh, that, that I have power to crucify thee and have power to release thee? Jesus answered, Thou couldest have no power at all again. He knows he is facing the devil again. Except it were given thee from above. All power is in the hands of God. All power, temporal power, governmental, so-called governmental power, in the hands of God. What is God doing? Uh, through the cosmic system, God has allowed the devil uh, has been remember the devil said the devil said to Jesus the uh, all this power has has been given unto me for a short period of time the devil doesn't add that all this power has been given unto me and I can give it to whomsoever I will in the arrogance the mad arrogance of the devil to solicit to evil, and by that I mean to walk or to uh, perform an act outside of the will of God. So this uh, is a solicitation to evil. God never solicits us. Please read James chapter 1. God never uh, solicits you and I to evil. It is the lust within the heart that uh, that does so. James writes this. It is the intrinsic, the inherent psychology. It is the uh, it is the flesh and what it does. And so uh, the bait is taken, and James writes that when sin has conceived, it brings forth death. James is a hard writer. He's an old preacher. And he has no time for nonsense. So, uh, and then we go on, and notice what Jesus says at the end of verse eleven. Uh, verse eleven. Therefore, he that delivered me unto thee hath the greater sin. 
Now notice this, that degrees of sin are found in the scriptures, degrees of sin. And in the lake of fire, uh, there will be degrees of punishment because of degrees of sin. And those who stand before the Lord Jesus Christ at the great white throne judgment, we read that, and the books were opened and the dead were judged from those uh, things that were written therein. These things are inscribed. That is the ultimate judgment. Now, who's going to be standing before the judgment seat of Christ? Well, most certainly Pilate. Pilate really had the bema, and, uh, and he brought Jesus up before the bema. But the Lord Jesus in his glorified body, with his eyes as are a flame, his voice has the sound of many waters, and his feet like burnished brass. He's going to stand before Jesus, as he, and Jesus will be seated on the throne. This time, we will co-judge with him. Paul writes, we shall judge men. We shall judge angels. Why, I want believers to become mature in Christ. We shall judge men. We shall judge angels. Paul is going to stand before Jesus, whom he has. He is saying to Jesus, don't you know I have the power to crucify you or to release you? Don't you know these words are recorded? Every idle word, said Jesus, that men speak, they will give an account of in the day of judgment. You know people don't like to hear that, and you know people fight against that. Every idle word, every empty word, every thoughtless word, Every godless word, every blasphemous word that men speak, they will give an account of at the day of judgment. There's no way around it. The technologies of man, the ability of men to manipulate time in a temple sense, that's not going to prevent the coming of the day of the Lord. Just read the book of Joel. Read Peter's sermon on the day of Pentecost. Read First and Second Thessalonians. Read the Revelation. Read Daniel. Read Ezekiel. Read Zechariah. The judgment is coming. And I love the, the Greek word for judgment. Uh, it is the word crisis. Crisis and God has already passed sentence upon, upon on those who believe not. You see, and therefore, this is why the great white throne judgment, God is God's going to read the things that are written in the book. Because the, the, the sentence has already been passed. And what is the sentence? 
not not life, not temporal death. Well, you would think, well, uh, in my body, I can only live for so long. But you have no idea of the kind of people uh, and, and the kind of things they have done to children for adrenochrome to so that they can stay young and that the the, the the human organ transplants, you have no idea of the carnage and, and the heartless cruelty, uh, cruelties that have been done by these people. And God's going to judge them because God knows everything with perfect certitude. And guess what God tells us? That he wants us to have perfect certitude about the word. That's the language that is used in the Greek New Testament. Paul writes that you walk accurately. See that you walk accurately. Jesus walked accurately. During this time, when Jesus was undergoing this intense persecution, uh, we call it his passion, Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit of God. Don't you know that I have the power? And uh, so Jesus gave his answer. Uh, from henceforth, verse 12, Pilate sought to release him, but the Jews cried out, saying, If thou let this man go, thou art not Jesus' friend. Whosoever maketh himself a king speaketh against Caesar. So they were they were going to charge Pilate, see where he got himself, with treason. This is treason. When Pilate therefore heard that thing, he brought Jesus forth. You see, Pilate's just a politician, and sat down in the judgment seat in a place that is called the pavement in Hebrew Gabbatha. And it was the preparation of the Passover and about the sixth hour. And he said unto the Jews, Behold your king. But they cried out, Away with, away with, crucify him. Uh, it literally leads, Lift up, lift up, crucify him. And Pilate says unto them, Shall I crucify your king? The chief priest answered, now this is their confession from their souls. We have no king but Caesar. Now you see the collaboration between politics and religion. You see there's no division. You see the interrelationship between politics and religion. It is political religion. It is religio-political. All governments are religio-political or religious political entities in, by nature. And this is why they fight so hard against believers, against God, because these are demon-energized uh, entities. They have their own religion. They may call it by different names. But if you read about the religions that were practiced in Western Asia uh, before God's people moved in there, I 
They're the Canaanite religion states. The common thread we see throughout the religious practices of of the Canaanite city-states were what? Child sacrifice, uh, religious orgies, okay? Uh, uh, The burning of children, the sacrifice of of babies and and, uh, murdering babies and uh, putting their their tiny bodies in the walls of homes and plastering over them so that the house will be blessed. This is perverted stuff. This is what they practiced. This is what they did. And they destroyed uh, familial relationships because they were, they were proliferous, they were profligate, sexual perverts, sexual perversity, sexual deviancy. was throughout the Canaanite religions when uh, forensic archaeologists look at the tells, that is, uh, the mounds of these different city-states because uh, they built city-states on top of one another. They could see what? What did they see? They saw, they looked at uh, the artifacts that these people left, and they they saw the remnants of sexual diseases, their art they left, the writings that they left, filled with sexual perversity. You think those religions and practices died out? No. No, they didn't die out. They're over here on, on, on Turtle Island. We call a miracle. Uh, we call America. These people just didn't stay uh, in their specific areas that we that have been assigned by by uh, public school textbooks. We know that these people circumnavigated the known world. We have ancient maps in which Antarctica is green. We have found Egyptian artifacts, Egyptian gold, Egyptian crowns, Egyptian mummies in Arizona, what we call Arizona, but found giants. We found giant mounds throughout the United, what we call the United States. History has been hidden. People have been lied to. And as the believing community, you and I must remember that we are Christ's house. We prosper through Christ. Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Just think about the Old Testament. Think about the antediluvian world and how God said that his spirit will not always strive with man because he is flesh, and God brought to ruin that world. After the destructive flood, God brought back creation. And we see 
that at the Tower of Babel, we see uh, the Bible reads that the whole world was of the same lip, of the same tongue. There was the world was monolingual. There was only one language. God said, "I want you. I want you to spread out." And they said, "No, uh, we're going to uh, make a city and a tower." They were monolingual. And then what did God do? God created confusion of tongues because, and these people had to find those who had the, who spoke their particular language. Any honest linguist, any honest person who studies the origin of languages will know and see that there is a monolingual root. How do I know that? We know because all these so-called languages of the world have similar roots. Similar roots. Even scientists go back to what they call a theoretical ease. They can see uh, that our biologic ancestry goes back to what? One common woman. But can they speak like this? Can they talk about this reality? No, because your funds will be taken, your grant will be taken, uh, your position, uh, you, you will be vacated or kicked out. Uh, you will not be able to stay at the university because that is not what they want to teach. Paul wrote uh, that God has of one blood created all nations. Now notice, Paul said nations, not races, of one blood. There is a common blood ancestry. They know these things. They know real genetics, not uh, the genetics uh, that is taught in public schools. They know real genetics. They know real information. They know that there is a common ancestry. They can tell through the bone. They know that there is no relationship to chimpanzees because the hemoglobin within the cells of chimpanzees are radically different from the hemoglobin. That is the heme iron, the heme iron within the within human cells and within the cells of chimpanzees. They know that there is no common ancestry. They know that it is a lie, but it is what uh, men suppress the truth, hold down the truth in unrighteousness. And so, uh, because they have done this, they are under judgment of God. Those who are in God's house and whose lives have been built upon the foundation of Jesus, know, they may not know all of these things, but they have the perfect certitude of their salvation in Christ. That is what is most vital. Their prosperity begins with the crucifixion, with the burial, and the resurrection, he is our prosperity. Our prosperity begins and ends in Christ. Paul writes in his letter to the Ephesians that throughout the ages of the ages of the ages, or as the angels uh, topple over one another, God will show his uh, kindness 
toward us through Christ Jesus. We are rich beyond imagination. Where's your faith today? Are you ready to make the decisive commitment to look only to Jesus, to believe only Jesus, to walk only in the word of Jesus? Are you ready to make that decision? It's time. Who is on the Lord's side? You must decide. I'm not talking about a church or going to church. I'm not talking about a religion or religious community. I'm talking about Christ Jesus. Is your life built upon the rock that is Jesus? If you read the book of Ecclesiastes, uh, the, the writer talks about that which is under the sun. And what and what it's like. Uh, he talks about it's a he talks about breath. Uh, we are meaningless, meaningless, utter meaningless. Everything is meaningless. Why? Because he's talking about the house of man, and it is lacking. What does a man gain from all his labor at which he toils under the sun? Ecclesiastes one three. But you and I, we have a new name, Isaiah 62.2, Revelation 2.17. We have a new community, Ephesians 2.14. We have a new help from angels, Psalm 91.11. We have a new commandment, John 13.3 and 4. We have a new covenant, Jeremiah 31.31 and Matthew 26.28. We have a new and living uh relationship with God, uh, relationship to heaven. And that's Hebrews 10.25. We have a new purity. 1 Corinthians 5.7. We have a new nature. Ephesians 4.24. We are a new creation. 2 Corinthians 5.17. All things new. 2 Corinthians 5.17 and Revelation 21.5. Why waste time? holding on to the lies of the cosmos, which wants you to have nothing. One of the tenets of the new world order is you will own nothing and you will be happy. You will be completely controlled. You will be, and they, believe me, they have a misery index. And they know the stresses and the stressors they want to introduce into your life. Why do you hang on to this stuff under the sun? People mean you no good. When Christ offers you eternal life, a new reality and a new way of being, they want to wear you out, wear you down, use you up, and toss you out. That is real. God wants to give you a brand new life and a brand new reality through his son, Jesus Christ. Good morning. My name is Dr. Josiah Rich. God bless you.